You are now listening to the Hunter's Advantage Podcast. Christian Babcock, the host of the Hunter's Advantage podcast. And what we do on the podcast is we talk to disruptive companies in the outdoor industry, talk about innovative hunting solutions that are changing the landscape, as well as offer you tips and strategy for more successful hunts. All in all, I just want to help you become a better hunter by providing you with high quality knowledge and information that you can trust. Stay tuned. All right, guys, thank you for tuning back into another episode of the Hunter's Advantage podcast. Just a quick housekeeping note. In this episode, I'm talking to Jake Gaylord about our weekend last weekend of hunting where we got to harvest a doe and see a, actually a really nice Pope and Young quality buck on public land. But this next week, we're headed to public land in southeast Oklahoma to hunt for eight days. So we won't have a podcast next week. Hunt Talk episode five will drop the following week. So that's thing number one. And thing number two in this Hunt Talk episode number four, you do see hear a little bit of static on Jake's end. And that's just because uh, we were doing this connection over the internet and he kind of lives out in the country. So there's a little bit of static in the episode. Hope that doesn't bother you guys so much, but didn't want it to be something that you think is going to be a regular thing on the podcast. So anyways, I'll let you guys get back to the episode. Thanks for listening. All right, everybody. Welcome back to the Hunters of Danish podcast, Hunt Talk episode number four. We're back with special guest. Jacob Gaylord, the big buck slayer, as I like to call him. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's Wednesday. We usually record these on Monday, but uh, to due to some work obligations and some uh, a lot of talk about cryptocurrency, we are now we waited <laughs> till Wednesday to talk about this. So last weekend we were in Southwest Oklahoma because our favorite place in South. East Oklahoma was closed due to a controlled youth hunt or rifle youth hunt. And, but Jordan Schaffler's girl actually shot a buck. That was pretty cool to see. Oh, oh yeah, that's right. So hmm. someone benefited off of our pain. That is true. That is true. Do you have a picture of it? I do. I don't really remember I do what have a it looked like. It. it was probably, uh, 100 110 incher but i think jordan said that was the biggest buck that was killed a lot of spikes a lot of fawns and then one more nice buck that's probably the biggest buck that's been seen down there to be honest that's the biggest buck i can confirm that's been seen all year yeah which is sad but anywho we were in southwest oklahoma last weekend our buddy jake Ayers is kind enough to let us like just crash at his bachelor pad so I have, I obviously have the lease in Southwest and then Jake was like, I don't want to hunt at home back in Benita. So I was like, we'll figure something out on public. So we got down there. What was it? Did we get on that Friday night? Mm-hmm. So Saturday morning I headed out to the lease, which was, is nothing new. That's not a surprise, but what were your expectations going out on public that morning? Cause this is an area that you've never been to at all. Yeah. Uh, never really been down southwest been northwest and it almost kind of looked the same but i guess a little bit more trees down south southwest mm-hmm. and uh but it isn't kind of trees like you would think oh i'm gonna go i'm gonna go deer hunt because i drove in in the dark couldn't really see much and then get down there and 
course, I had to canoe in and all that stuff. But I was asking Jake, I was like, well, do I just bring a hang on in there, you know, with my climate sticks? He's like, oh, you won't even need that. And it kind of, it was kind of just a weird, a weird thought, like knowing I want to go into some public and just sit on the ground. Yeah. I don't, yeah. I mean, because, I mean, that's just what everybody does down there. I guess. But at least it was muzzleloader season. Yeah. Yeah. So you could, I feel like it'd be a little more discouraging if you were bow hunting on the ground, but when you got a muzzleloader, it's like, how good do I need to be? Yeah. I mean, if it wasn't for the muzzleloader, I would have thought it was impossible, but he kind of got me a little bit hyped up because, I mean, he killed that 145 in there uh, last year. And then he was like, oh, yeah, there's some 170s around here. And there's a, you know, there's some pictures of 180 floating around over here on this direction. And he was like, uh, I don't think me or any of my buddies have sat in there and uh, uh, been skunked. And I was like, oh, hell yeah. You know, I'm like, man, yeah. I'm, about to, I'm about to take off work Monday just to kind of, just to freaking stay down here and hunt. Oh, yeah, yeah. And so I was just like, well, I mean, this is going to be a good weekend. It sounds like I made the right decision because it, it was a four and a half hour drive for me just one way. Yeah. And uh, and I was like, man, I could either save the gas money and, and the freaking, I guess, my time and just kind of relax until this upcoming weekend, you know, because we're going to be gone for eight or nine days in, in Southeast. So I was like, well, I could just – stay around the house and then i i got to think i was like well abby's out of town so i really have no excuse not to go plus yeah. you know it was not it was nice seeing jake haven't, haven't seen his property yet or anything like that but yeah uh you just want me to tell how i like yeah i thought the canoeing in thing was pretty interesting yeah yeah i was a little timid going into it because uh i've never really canoed much in my life except just back you know the creek behind the house and i got out there plenty of time really and oh shoot yeah yeah this would be a good story anyways get out there uh will that be saturday morning we yeah. wake up plenty of time leave jake's house uh try to avoid all the all the goat crap on on us on his porch <laughs> and then yeah. uh no nah, i'm just kidding uh, get out there. I don't know. It didn't take me too long. But uh, first off, first of law school, I about got stuck, and thankfully I have a four wheel drive now, because that uh, I had a pretty good hole. I mean, it didn't even seem wet, but it sunk about to my dang running boards. And uh, that's pretty deep. Was able to get out of it. But anyways, get there, unload the kayak, and immediately I'm like, man, if this kayak flips, I got a lot of money. Just kind of. That, that that's gonna sink you know mm -hmm. i got my camera uh well, i guess just the camera and the gun would be, be the only big money there but i wasn't packing in a stand so i guess it wasn't too heavy but i hopped in it and it's kind of teetering one way and i had to reposition some stuff but anyways i get paddling down down this river and or creek i guess they called it and it wasn't the creek i think of it's like maybe maybe 10 15 yards long but this was like a whole 10 yards longer or, or more wide. And so I was like, I'm, they're sending me down a damn river, you know, and get the paddling. And it's a 900 yard paddle from where I parked the truck to where I needed to be. And I, I didn't even make it a quarter of the way. And all of a sudden I heard like this, duh, 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 duh. and I was like, what the hell is that? And I had the, you know, freaking 
look like a lighthouse on my head because the <laughs> because my headlamp's pretty darn bright. And I get to look in over in that like to my left, and I see this big old beaver. I haven't had very many experiences with beavers either. Uh, there's this big old beaver, kind of like almost angling towards me, like just starting to splash in the water. And it's almost like it's trying to catch me because here I am. And then here, here's this beaver kind of angling at me, like in front of me. And he's starting to swim right towards me. And so I start like kind of splashing with, with the, with the oar I have. And you uh, thought it was another beaver when you're splashing with your oar. I don't, I don't know what it was, but it kind of scared me because it is a big old sucker. And I kind of splash that thing goes, eh! and then just <laughs> like flashes its tail, goes underwater. And I'm like, I got to get out of here. So I start freaking paddling, and I think I'm booking it, but I'm not. And all of a sudden, I don't hear it for a while. I'm like, okay, it's back there. It got scared and ran off. Next thing I know, it's 10 yards in front of me because I'm kind of starting to drift over to the right side just a little bit, and it's over here on the on the right side probably 15 yards in front of me. It's just kind of barely like half, half sticking out of the water, half not like right up there on the bank, and it's just going – and kind of just like shaking and all of a sudden it kind of stands up on its back feet for like a split second and then i start like splashing against and so i start paddling and i get past it and that thing starts coming in the water again it's whacks its tail on the water and goes back under and this time i'm really booking it because now this thing's this thing's heading towards my kayak of course i was only like 10 15 yards from it so I start paddling again, and I'm paddling. I think I'm paddling faster, but uh, and every now and then I'd uh, how I know it was chasing me because I'd be I don't know another 30, 40 yards down, and all of a sudden I'd like right see him like right behind me. It'd just be a smack, big old smack on the water, and I was like, there it is. Kept paddling again, like another 50 yards, and it'd smack again. And I was like, if I stop, this thing's gonna try to like climb the boat with me or something. Try to tip and, your boat. I don't know. It it could. That thing could have manhandled me. But I had a pistol and I was about to pull it out. You about to beaver season on him? Uh, I was about to. I mean, it was kind of starting to scare me a little bit. It was a big sucker. Yeah. I, talk I had about team little surprise, little presents for it. Talk about when. Uh, I thought this was funny when you got in there and uh, you met some friends. Okay. Yeah. So I get there. And Jake was trying to tell me about this little clearing that he set in last year. And I could kind of see what he's talking about. But I guess the grass hadn't died off as much as it did uh, the previous year when he was there. Yeah, I think it was a little later. And, yeah. So I, I try to find me a good little vantage point uh, on like the base of this little – he calls it a mountain, but it's really a hill. And uh, so I'm kind of overlooking. But as I'm walking up to the, to the base of that hill – I look to my left and I see another headlamp and I'm thinking, well, this is great. And so he, he kind of like flickers his headlamp. I flicker mine, you know, just kind of like acknowledge each other. And then I was like, well, this is kind of where I was planning on hunting. Cause he was literally a hundred yards from me at that point. And he was already in the timber and all that stuff. So I just went around on the other side of this little hill. And I was like, I'm trying to sit down here. You know, if, if he watches that way and I watch this way, we're, we're going to see different deer. So it doesn't matter. And I get set up there in about 30 minutes, 45 minutes of daylight. I just hear crunching around and like limbs breaking. I was like, I know that ain't a deer because it's coming from the same spot they were. 
and all they were doing is just walking around in the timber. So, I don't know. It was kind of a busted hunt, but I don't know. I guess I was just thankful to be alive from that beaver. Exactly. Beaver. Yeah. So you had kind of a buns hunt that morning. Well, I, we kind of both had buns hunts that morning because I went out and was that when it, it was really hot that morning, wasn't it? Uh, it was that day was really hot. I remember it was yeah. like yeah, yeah. It was fairly it hot. Was windy too. Yeah, hot and windy. And so I got up there. I got up in my tree, and there's like a doe and a fawn that like to guard this feeder. Like, you know those deer that always bed within, like, 100, 150 yards of the corn pile, and they just like to bust you on the way in? They're like that, those couple deer. So mm. I saw them in the morning, like, as soon as the feeder went off, but that was pretty much it. It was a very uneventful morning apart from that. But we yeah. met back up at the house and regrouped, and we went and got sushi. We went uh, and got shakur. Spent $45 worth of sushi. Absolutely. Yeah. It's always nice spending forty five dollars on sushi that was probably caught out of like Lugert Lake, like right outside the. <laughs> it's probably like some sand bass and and crappie or something. It tasted good. It was. It was. What, I mean, it is what it is. It was good sushi. I mean, especially when you have an eight that day. It was. It was fantastic. I mean, they could have called it like sand bass sushi, and I still would have been like, okay. Sounds seems it legit. Did, yeah, it didn't matter at that point. Yeah, it wasn't bad. So we went out that evening. That next evening, so we Saturday or that same evening, we Saturday evening, and you had to do a different spot than that morning. Yeah, try to get away yeah. from a little bit of the pressure. After I, uh, after I canoe back to the truck, uh, I think you and Jake sent me some some more on X points, and I went and checked out some uh, what we thought were wheat fields, but they were just what was it, was it millet? Is that what they called it? Oh yeah, there, it was planted in millet. Yeah. Hey, and then millet. Yeah, went and checked that out, and wasn't a big fan of that. And then they found what they thought was were wheat fields, and so I mean, uh, it was worth a shot. Didn't even know it was really wheat. Or yeah, we didn't we didn't know it was wheat until I actually went and hunted it. It was just kind of a guess because you looked on hunt stand, didn't you? Yeah. Because yeah, yeah I used the wasn't really. Well, I used the uh, monthly satellite images on HuntStand, like the most yeah. updated one. It looked like it had been tilled up. So I was mm-hmm. like, well, this this could be a good uh, good option. Yeah, no. Uh, yeah, going into the evening hunt, it, it, was, it was pretty good. Uh, it was like, I don't know how to explain it. It was two big wheat fields, but they were just now planted, it seemed like, and there's a road running up between them uh, leading all the way to the, to the lake. And uh, kind of sat there for a second in the truck, just kind of debating what to do. And we had a like a strong south wind. And where we were, where, where I was originally going to sit, uh, it was going to blow right back towards them. And uh, so we decided to sit on the north side, like the north tree, the north part of the tree line, and uh, uh, walking that little that little tree line found a found a rub and a couple tracks and uh a little bit of poop right by the truck so uh i guess you could kind of kind of tell they were using it but uh yeah i think i only seen like one doe and two fawns like at last light and i don't know it wasn't it wasn't that great of a hunt 
Nothing to call home about? No. Yeah. Well, at least you saw some deer because yeah. that's more deer than I than I saw in that evening. Yeah. Hmm. Doe and a fawn? I saw a doe and a fawn. I think you saw a doe and two fawns. Yeah. But so that, that doe that I was talking about that was guarding the feeder, that loves to guard the feeder, she, to give a little bit of backstory, she's blown at me like three times already. Like, and I've only hunted there a single weekend. So she's like already messing up. I've had all my best pictures in this spot. I've had all those nice velvet bucks in that spot. And there's one doe that wants to mess it all up for me. She loves hanging out by the feeder, loves blowing. So I had told myself, if she comes in again and wants to act slick, I'm going to shoot her. Well, what do you know if 20 minutes before sunset, here she comes. And I've got like a south wind, which is not a great wind to hunt this for, but it'll work. You know, like you still got 270 degrees where they could come from. But she comes in and she eats for like 20 minutes. And then she always does this. She decides to walk like five yards from my tree and just kind of look up at me downwind and start stomping at me. And I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> so, cause you know, in that little dim, uh, like as daylight's fading, you're like, this is my best 30 minutes of the entire hunt. And I'm about to get blown at. And so she sits there and stomps at me. I'm like, maybe she'll just walk off. She's like, ah! and, and sprints off. And the fawn's like sitting by the feet. You're like, what? What's going on? I don't see nothing. And she just, she runs like a hundred yards away. It just starts blowing in the trees. And I'm like, dude, I just, I should have just shot her. I should have like quit giving her a chance. Mm -hmm. Then she's sitting in the trees blowing. And like, for some reason she comes from directly downwind to me, comes in on a string and is back at the feeder, you know, kind of doing some of this. Just like looking at me. Yeah. The head Bob, the Mike Tyson, like Mm. moving and, it was at that point I did I really didn't want to clean a doe, and I I didn't really even want to shoot a doe because I'd already, I've already shot a buck, so I really don't have any interest in cleaning a doe, but I could use the meat. So she's sitting there doing the Mike Tyson head bob, and I could tell she's about to blow at me again. And I'm like, let's just put an end to this because November's coming. I've got a lot of bucks coming into this feeder. I can't be dealing with someone like this. <laughs> so... I made sure I got the the Panasonic on and I got it, I put it in 4K 60 because I'm like, if I'm going to shoot a doe, I'm going to make the shot like sick on film. So I got the second angle, got the GoPro going, got the 4K 60 FPS and I drew back on her and I was literally shaking like, like I was shooting the biggest buck of my life because anytime you get in full draw, I was like, yeah, <laughs> sitting there shaking and I was like, I'm not going to be able to do this. But I finally got in a full draw on her and my pen settled, and as it settled, I felt the pressure in the back wall, started pulling, it just broke and was like, and you can see in the footage, you guys will see it when we release the footage, but just, it kind of looked like it had nicked the elbow, like Mm -hmm. as it went in, and it kind of like shot at a different angle, but was like about as close to the shoulder, perfect up and down, but about as close to the shoulder as you can get without just jamming it in the shoulder and getting no penetration. It was was dangerously close. Because uh, whenever you send a video, you can just see the light and on, just like start going like perfect. And all of a sudden, at the very end, you just see it go whoop. Mm-hmm. It was weird. Yeah. But good shot, though. It, it was a good shot. It was further back than I thought because that front leg was this is a good lesson for people that are just now starting bow hunting. 
you have to pay attention to the leg orientation if their leg is forward or if their leg is back. Because if it's forward, it kind of exposes heart, lungs, those sort of things. But if it's back, you can shoot directly behind the leg and be like, you think you're in the lungs, but you're really in the guts Mm -hmm. because their shoulders back. And there was actually a little bit of gut material on that arrow as it went in. Uh, It ended up being fine, but I think since it nicked that elbow, it didn't get a full, like a full passer. It didn't zip through and like my arrow wasn't laying there. Like it was still sticking in it. It was like, it was hanging on by the fletchings on the other side, which Hmm. when you're shooting a 525 grain arrow, you kind of hope that you're going to get a pass through at 25 yards on a doe. No, all you do is defend your arrow. That's it. I haven't shot an FMJ yet that hasn't broke. <laughs> so now I'm done. I'm down to one practice arrow. So, so you have a quiver full of five, like five in your quiver and then just one practice and one practice arrow started with 12. Well, if you need some, we shoot the same arrow. So that's why you got the same arrow build. Exactly. Um, but when I went to blood trailer, I was like, okay, it's going to be a quick blood trail because I saw her fall and I'm like, I know exactly where she is. But when you get down on the ground, it's so much harder to, orient yourself when the grass is like seven foot tall. Mm -hmm. So I got on the ground and I found blood like immediately. Thankfully those, those swackers two, six ones, like the Levi Morgan ones, their blades are super sharp. So I've got blood almost immediately, but it's like specs. I'm like, man, this sucks. Like it should be pumping right now. And I found followed specs, followed specs. It took me like 25 minutes to blood trail, like maybe 30 yards. And I'm sitting there and the blood just like dries up. And I know she's, continuing east but i'm looking for blood through the east uh, to the east and i'm not seeing like anything so i'm like you know what this is pissing me off because i watched the deer fall and i can't find it so i kind of like marked it on onyx and then i went forward and i just turned to the left i'm like there's an opening up here and there she was just laying there and it was crazy because no, like barely any blood trailing her. But when I got to her, it looked like someone had hit her with like an axe. Like there was just <laughs> blood, like in like a five yard radius, there was just sprays. And I was like, what is going on here? Like, it's almost like that arrow plugged in there and there was like, it wasn't allowing any of the blood to flow. And so when she like finally fell, it like started going all over the place. It's pretty wicked. Hmm. That's why you shoot the Grim Reapers and you got a pass through. Exactly. Would have got a bigger hole. Exactly. Three blades instead of two. Yeah. So it's, a, it's a, Oh yeah, it is three, isn't it? Yeah. You right. Which ones you're shooting? Yeah. So I got her loaded up. The footage is, is pretty sick, by the way, because the slow mo. Oh yeah. It's good. It's gonna look good. But I got her loaded up. Took another broken arrow out. Uh, loaded her up. Went back to Jake's house. Cleaned her, and then. Then we went and got some Whataburger that night, which was much was needed. Nice. But it, dude, driving over to Altus every time for food is like, it's like, it's kind of like driving into our place in Southeast. It's the gas station to get something to eat. It adds yeah. like an hour and a half minimum because you want to sit down and eat because you've been like doing stuff. But so we didn't, we didn't have getting home till what, like one? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Get uh pulled in the jakes at one, and he's like, "Well, y'all want to go try to shoot some skunks?" Because oh, <laughs> that it, was that's fun, that's a funny story because Jake has like one of the worst skunk problems. Like they get under his house, and I think they uh they have uh sexual parties under his house, and mm-hmm. then 
So he like tries to drive around in the field and like get rid of them. But he was, I can't believe it. Like one fifteen in the morning, he's like, let's go look for some skunks. I'm like, dude, the last thing I want to do right now is <laughs> I was I, like, so tired, but I was just like, you know what? It'll be fun. Well, you know, he does it often because he literally has a shotgun in the back seat for it. He's like, grab that shotgun. Yeah. <laughs> it was pretty funny, but he was like, Jake, you're up to bat first. Let's go. We drove for like 15 minutes and weren't seeing one. I was like, all right, time to go home. And then finally, yeah. then what happened? You struck. Yeah, yeah, finally. I mean, I wasn't paying attention because, like you said, we were driving around 15 minutes. And I was like, man, I'm just half asleep in the back seat right now. And then Jake was like, there he is, there he is. Get out and shoot him, get out and shoot him. So my first initial thought, I was just like, well, let's roll down this window and just kind of, you know, stick my whole body out there. And I was like, it's probably not the smartest idea. So uh, ended up, ended up doing, you know, doing the right thing, and you know, stepping out of the truck, right? Yeah. <laughs> like a legal hunter. Exactly. But he was, he was literally like, probably 40 yards from getting under Jake's house. Like he immediately made a beeline for Jake's house. He's oh like, yeah. We're going to get under your house. And <laughs> Jake's like, shoot him. Shoot him. He's going to get <laughs> under the house. <laughs> he was worried. He was worried. Shot him. And, uh, oh shoot. What did he say? It kind of cracked me up. Uh, shot him. And he was like, he was like, He's done for. And like, didn't even give it a set, like a second thought. He just immediately started like driving, trying to find the next one. I was like, <laughs> That's, you know, that's, that's pretty cool. Like around here, you can't just drive around and just like find, find like possums or skunks or anything like that. Like, I don't know. Different world out there, I guess. Yeah. Wildlife. It's a rich in wildlife. So that was our, that was our Saturday, you know, got a, I guess I got a doe and you got a skunk. So I'll take it. Hey, both got a harvest. Maybe. Yeah. So that was our Saturday, and we ended up going to sleep. I, I ended up going to sleep at one thirty, and those that five a.m. alarm just hits a little different when you go to sleep at one thirty. And I remember my alarm goes off at five, and I kind of look at it, and I'm like, "All right, let's see where Jake's at this morning." I'm like, "We getting up?" I said, "You getting up or something?" You're like, "Yep," and I was like, "Damn it!" Well, I was already up, and I was just kind of like waiting. I was like, "Well, I wonder." wonder if now would be a good time, but I didn't really want to make a lot of racket because uh, Jake's friend was sleeping on the couch, like, across from me. Yeah. And, uh, boy, he is a sleeper. Tanner? Yes. <laughs> What's funny felt, is I... The, the man was fighting death all night, it sounded like. <laughs> Doing some karate on... <laughs> Dude, he was, and all of a sudden, he just, like... I don't know if you could hear that, but it just seemed like he was, like, scratching his face off, and I was like, this man... You must be having the worst dreams about getting stuck in an anthill or something. Because <laughs> he was just, <gasps> <gasps> and then just he was just breathing heavy and scratching and tossing and turning. Which it, it was a small like I had the bigger couch. I kind of felt bad because he, you know, he's he's a bigger bigger dude than I am. So I was like, well, but you know, I was planning on staying here. So, dude, that couch he was on is not a couch. That's, <laughs> yeah. that's the definition of a love seat. Oh yeah. Yeah, that thing is like best to get sprawled out there. That's something that like two people sit on, and like it's uncomfortable because there's not enough room for two people to sit on it. And he was sleeping on it. His arms are <laughs> flailed off the front, and his from about from about mid thigh back is hanging off uh, the rest. 
And I'm like, dude, only your torso is on the couch. <laughs> you made it work, though, damn it. When you're tired uh, and you, want, you don't want to drive home, you make it work. Oh, yeah. No, I like Tanner. He's, he's a super good guy. Uh, yeah, he's funny. But, yeah, getting up, it was – I mean, we were hunting that same spot we did – or I did. Yeah, back to the wheat. Uh, yep, yep, yep. The same little wheat spot. And, oh, yeah, the evening before – there was a uh, there was a truck further back uh, that be north than I was on that road. It was like a little white Ford or something. And uh, right right before those doe came, where that doe and two fawns came out, uh, I heard a gunshot. Kind of, it would be northeast of me. Mm-hmm. So uh, it, was, it was only like two hundred yards from me. So I assumed they got something. But uh, yeah, so. The next morning we sat there and we actually get there a little early and kind of hang out in the truck for a little bit, waiting on it to get a little bit daylight. And as soon as we go to step out and start getting ready, uh, there was a doe or whatever it was, some sort of deer that was like 20 yards from the truck and just started blowing at us and then ran off. And we're like, we just hopped out of the truck, but okay, I guess that's a good sign. I I guess that's better than not is that but is that better than not getting blown at when you step out of the truck i mean it was so windy i got any of the other deer herder yeah it was like whatever dude yeah we got in there i feel like we got in there at a decent time i mean we sat down and probably 10 minutes later you were able to shoot i mean but the thing is it was so windy that morning that like we didn't make any noise just walking up the edge of that wheat then we had like a 200 yard walk yeah that was it yeah so we sat till about what was it eight about eight eight fifteen, yeah and, something like that. And we decided, you know what? There's like a bunch. There's like a, I don't know if it's mesquite or what it is, but there was like a mesquite patch that surrounded this entire this wheat field, and it was probably I don't know. I'd say probably a hundred acres, hundred and twenty acres of just mesquites in there that you yeah. can kind of walk through. I mean, it's a good ways. So we just took off through the mesquites. And as we're walking through the mesquites, like we were doing some rattling, we're stopping and doing some calling sequences for like five minutes at a time. And it was kind of windy. So I'm like, you know, maybe we won't like, maybe a deer will have to be fairly close to us for them to be able to hear it and react to it. But I was thinking, you know, Hey, since it's so windy, we can walk through this mesquites fairly quietly and probably sit down and rattle something in or call something in. And we had, I thought it was going to work pretty well until we saw those two dudes up on the hill. Yeah. Yeah. Sitting up there, oh. glass in the whole county. Old Tub and his child. <laughs> old Tubs. Why'd you, why'd you call him Tubs? Oh, he just had a big old beer gut, big old pot belly. And that's the first <laughs> thing I noticed as soon as I looked at him with my binos. I was like, yeah. Well, because we were walking out this little, like he said, a little mesquite patch. And, uh, I was kind of worried about hunters. I mean, because ran in, into them previous days, and and we saw a truck come in. It's like at daylight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And and so like my first initial thought was, okay, see hunters on, on on top of this little mountain. I was like, maybe they already walked this out. And then I, because you can see the little, you know, they're orange. And then I pull my binos up, look, and I see that pot belly, and I was like, yeah, he didn't walk it out. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm just being honest, man. 
it's crazy from you can by someone's physical stature you can you can determine if an area has been hunted well or not or it's been walked out yes that cracks me up yeah he he didn't walk it out plus well plus what reese showed is he had a little kid just kind of holding the muzzle loader like he didn't you know he was just kind of waiting on on uh directions from his dad and i was like yeah they're not gonna walk this out but yeah they also had a lot of elevation up there, so I was like, they're probably not going to descend a couple hundred feet of elevation to come walk this out. I wouldn't think so. But we got in there, um, so we're like, okay, let's just circle back around. We had a really good south wind, and we were working to the north, right? Is that right, coming from the south? Uh, yeah, it was blowing from the south, and yeah, yeah, we were... We were working back to the south, so we had it yeah, right in our face. on that bank. Yeah, so we followed along the bank of the the lake and then we kind of cut back in we're like hey let's just make a big loop go back into these wheat fields and we didn't get it wasn't another five minutes before we're like hey stop i see something and i i just saw like a outline of a of a deer and i pulled up my binos and there's a doe like 50 yards away just mad dogging us just posted up just mad dogging us and she kind of busts but she busts call that a bust she, did she blow? Huh? Did she blow? Yeah. Yeah. She did. Okay. She blew, but she circled around us probably to get downwind of us and ended up being like 25 yards. And I'm like, if your plan was to get away, you didn't do a good job. Well, I think she busted us kind of because she didn't know what we were. And then she tried to, like you said, circle around us to wind us. And then when we did that, we kind of like sat down and crouched down. And then I guess she went around this limb or something and then just lost us. Yeah, because she got to 25, and she, I saw her, like, weaving in and out of the limbs, and she could not find us for the longest time, and her fawn followed her. Because when she ran off, I was like, okay, there was a second deer. Maybe that was a buck. It wasn't, though. It was a fawn. No, no. could have shot both of them, though. Yeah, it always feels good when you get close enough. You could have shot the doe with your bow if you had had your bow. Uh, that would have yeah. been freaky. Would you have shot it if you had had your bow? If I had my bow, probably. That would have that been would cool. have, that would have been like spot yeah spot and stop with the yeah absolutely that would have been pretty cool that would have been my prize though still cutting up yeah you you back am I are you am I good yeah I can hear you then we had probably the coolest encounter of the weekend yeah what happened from your perspective uh. <laughs> From my perspective, not much because I didn't see it. But uh, <laughs> so he could he could just be lying to me and you all. Uh, yeah, we had that encounter with that doe and the fawn. And when we were walking through, we were seeing so many rubs. Like it was like we've probably seen six, seven rubs. Uh, so you could definitely tell that there's a buck using it. Anyways, we start heading back uh, south, uh, almost parallel with the with the wheat field we were hunting. Uh, but we were probably in what 150 yards, maybe. Yeah, probably. If that, yeah. And all of a sudden, we're just kind of creeping through, you know. And I don't know if it's because we were walking a little bit faster than normal. I, I don't know. But uh, just walking along, and all of a sudden, Christian's like, "Buck, buck, buck!" I don't even know what you said. You were just like, "Big buck, big buck." I I could tell. Yeah. I looked to my left, and like at 200 yards. He was sprinting, but like not that fast. Like 
he wasn't hopping, but he wasn't sprinting, and he was going dead away from us. So I got to look at him for probably five to seven seconds. And the first thing I noticed when I after I saw a brown patch of fur was that dude's got a big rack. Like, not – and I, I don't know how old he was, but I just saw like a 19 to 20-inch wide rack. Because you can tell when a deer's like – when he's wider than his ears – um, I was like, okay, he's got good mass and he's got a wide rack. So I was like, okay, here's what I can tell you. Based on those things, that was at least a 130-inch deer. And I said, he could have he could have been 150. I don't know. But I can tell you he was yeah. at least 130 with that kind of mass, that time length, and and um, that width. So I was like, that's the kind of buck that we want to get after. So we went after him. And shortly after as we're walking along and I see you pull up and cock your hammer back, your muzzlers. I'm like, Oh my God, it's about to happen. So I pulled up my camera. I was yeah. like, here we go. That was, Oh, funny. you had your camera up. Yeah. I pulled my camera up. I got, a, I got it on video of you pulling yeah. up and swinging <laughs> on that. Well, yeah. Yeah. We weren't, we weren't another, well, I, 75 yards kind of from where we first seen it. And of course we were like on high alert at that point, And then that little, it cut up, so I didn't know if you already mentioned this or not. Mm-mm. You didn't mention it? No. Okay. Uh, yeah. We walked about another 75 yards, and all of a sudden, I just see, like, this white tail go up. I'm, I'm immediately like, that's him. And so, I, I think all at once, like, I pull the hammer back and try to try to get up on him. And then I'm like, there he is, there he is. And, of course, kind of like you said right after it, I didn't realize it until – we figured out it was just like a little old fawn, basically. Uh, Chris was like, dude, my heart was like going 200 beats a minute or, or a second. And I, I was kind of stopped and I was like, just freaking, it was humming. And I was like, man, this is a different type of hunting right here. Especially if you already spotted a big, big one and you think like, oh, I'm about, I'm about to creep up on it. My heart was like pounding out of my chest. I was like, oh my gosh, here we go. We're about to shoot one spot and stock on the ground with a muzzleloader, a place we've never hunted. I was like, this is going to be an awesome story. And then it was just a fawn. But yeah, yeah. We ended up trying to get after him. We probably spent another 45 minutes walking through the last piece of public on the other side of the road and just no luck. That that other spot didn't look like it had near as much deer sign as the first no. couple spots. No, no, not really. All right. Well, next week is the week of public for we are gone for eight days. So won't be a podcast next week, but wish us luck on, on our annual bow hunt southeast Oklahoma in public land. And that's what we're up to the next eight eight days. So hopefully it will be a repeat of last year plus Carol getting a big one, and that's all I'm asking for. Yeah. As long as me and Carol can get at least one, I'll be happy, but I'll be even happier if I get two. So, you and Carol. I want one, too. Oh, well, you already got one, so. Just because I got one on private doesn't mean I you don't want one on public. Uh, no, you don't need it, though. I need it. I do need it. I need it like I've never shot one before. I, like, I need it. Listen. If I don't shoot one this year, next year I'm going to be shooting like an 80-incher. So <laughs> if you want to save an 80-incher's life, then better hope that you shoot, shoot one. one dude. All right. That is true. Yeah. Well, yeah. 
Thanks, everybody, for listening, watching, and subscribing. Make sure you leave us a rating review, and we'll see you guys in two weeks. Peace. Hey, guys. Appreciate the listen to the Hunter's Advantage podcast. 